Welcome to All Cats Are Gray in the Dark. I'm your host, April Simmons. This podcast contains true cases of graphic violent crimes and other stories of a dark nature. Please be advised that due to the subject matter and violent, sometimes sexual content and obscene language, this podcast is not for children or the faint of heart. Who's ready to be depressed? And hear fireworks in the background, apparently. <laughs> no, you or me this time? It's me. I, I didn't know it was you earlier. <laughs> I've got some here, too. Oh, yeah, no, it's here, too. It's the game of, is it gunshots or fireworks? In my neighborhood, it could be either, honestly. Yeah, here in Maine. Yeah, well, to to be fair, where Justin's family is from and where I am, we've talked about this before, but it's really way out there. And it's a, the town literally looks like a Twilight Zone episode where you like take a road and you go back to the 50s or something. Like, that's what it looks like here. Yeah. Like, it's like a little pizza parlor type place and a breakfast place. And that's it. That's all the food that's here. And there's Jimmy's Market. Like a grocery store. Yeah. Wow. That sounds terrible. Pointless story. How, There's nothing how here. Far away, how, how far away is the new place from his family? An hour and a half. It's not bad. Mm. So, so an hour and a half to his parents, and then like two hours from his sister that lives in Boston, and you know, two hours, just two hours from Boston in general is cool. And then like an hour from Portland, Maine. 30 minutes from Augusta. About an hour and a half from Stephen King. The yeah. important map. Another. That's another episode. <laughs> we just go stand outside of Stephen King's house and start recording. <laughs> yes. I don't know what we'll even talk about. Just be like, hey, we're at Stephen King's house. It'll be the shortest episode ever. Yeah. Hey, man, y'all, where's Stephen King's house? Thanks. (laughs) Bye. Look, it's pre-recorded now. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) All right. We're at episode 119. Can you believe that it's made it this far? All right. Um, This episode is about a woman named Joyce Vincent. And this is going to be a really depressing story. So, now you don't need to be depressed. This one's not a murder. Just a really sad story that I was just like, I don't know why, but it touched me in a weird sort of depressing way. Joyce Carol Vincent was a 38-year-old woman in London with a family and friends. So, why did it take over two years for people to realize she had died? See, this, that is my worst nightmare right there. Yeah. <laughs> you just not even know you're dead. Like, that is horrible. Picture this. You walk into an apartment that is on the messy side with piles of unopened mail by the door. A sink full of dishes. That would be my house. There's a glow from the TV playing BBC One and a pile of wrapped Christmas presents waiting to be sent out. 
This was the state of the apartment that belonged to Joyce Vincent when officials from a North London Housing Association entered it. Vincent was there too. However, she was almost entirely unidentifiable. Her body was mostly decomposed as she had been dead for just over two years. Insane. Yes. She... The fact that how did her TV stay on that long? How like, all of all of it, all of the things what that were, to... were her bills being paid like on auto pay or something? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But we'll get to that. Okay, that does get brought up. Um, Joy, that's how she finally was actually she... found. They were coming to kick her out, basically. <laughs> yeah, Joyce Carol Vincent was an English woman whose death went unnoticed for more than two years as her corpse lay undiscovered at her bed sit in North London. I don't know what bed sit means, but did you ever Probably look up the picture before? Yeah. Prior to her death, she had cut off nearly all contact with those who knew her. She resigned from her job in 2001 and moved into a shelter for victims of domestic abuse. So she had cut off contact with people yeah. because she was going through some stuff. Around the same time, she began to reduce contact with friends and family. She died sometime in, in no, no, a little, uh, December 2003. Reading, yay. <laughs> Her remains were discovered on January 25th, 2006 with the cause of death be- believing believed to be either an asthma attack or complications from a recent peptic ulcer. Hey. Yeah. It's just, I don't know why this, this story just really hurt my feelings because I just can't imagine like going that long without somebody finding the body Yeah, or somebody being like, it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was born in London's Hammersmith area on the 19th. Wait, no, that's me. That's me. My turn. Your turn. (laughs) <laughs> Joyce Vincent was born in London's Hammersmith area on October 19, 1965, and raised near Fulham Palace Road. Her parents had immigrated to London from Grenada. She was of Dukla descent. Well, I'm just an uneducated loser. I don't even know what that is. Um, her father, Lawrence, was a carpenter of African descent, and her mother, Lyris, Lyris was of Indian descent. Following an operation, her mother died when Vincent was 11 and her four older sisters took responsibility for her upbringing. She had a strange relationship with her emotionally distant father, who she claimed had died in 2001. He actually died in 2004, unaware that Vincent had predeceased him, predeceased him. I don't remember how that's pronounced. Well, reading words. She attended Malcolm Primary School and Fulham Gilead School for Girls and left school at age 16 with no qualifications. She had a wide circle of friends in the music industry, and when she was 25, she attended and was video recorded in the backstage audience at the 1990 Wembley concert, Nelson Mandela International Tribute for a Free South Africa. Reportedly, she met Mandela at the concert and shook his hand. Well, she faced him. In 1985, Vincent began working as sec- as a secretary at OCL in the city of London. I don't know what that is either, but whatever. She later worked at C. Ito and Law Debenture. Debenture? 
I don't know, before joining Ernst & Young. She worked at Ernst & Young for four years in the Treasury Department, but resigned in March 2001 for unknown reasons. Shortly afterwards, Vincent spent some time in a domestic abuse shelter in Herring, Herringy? Herring, Herringy? I don't know. And worked. Well, this this one's full of stuff that I'm like I have no idea. And worked as a cleaner in a budget hotel during this period. She became estranged from her family. A source involved in the investigation said she detached herself from her family, but there was no bust up. I guess that means there was no like fight or big thing. Yeah, no big big falling out. Yeah, they are a really nice family. We understand she was in a relationship, and there was a history of domestic violence. It was speculated that she was either ashamed to be a victim of domestic violence or did not want to be found by her abuser. In February 2003, Vincent was moved into the bedsit flat above Wood Green Shopping Center where she later died. The flat, flat was owned by the Metropoli- Metropolitan, I can't talk still, housing trust and was used to house victims of abuse. In November, after vomiting blood, she was ho- hospitalized at North Middles- Middlesex hospital for two days due to a peptic ulcer so that happened like approximately mm. a month before she died yeah right. Vincent, lived, uh, Vincent lived above the shopping city in Wood Green in North London in a housing trust flat the cause of her death is unknown as is the date though it is speculated to be around December 2003 she suffered from asthma and had a peptic ulcer at the time of her death. So some have suggested an asthma attack or complications surrounding her recent peptic ulcer as a possible cause of death. Her remains were described as mostly skeletal, according to the pathologist, and she was lying on her back next to a shopping bag surrounded by Christmas presents she had wrapped but never delivered. It is not known to whom the presents were addressed. The refrigerator and her bedsit contains food with 2000 expiration date labels. <laughs> Neighbors assumed the flat was unoccupied and the odor of decompos- decomposing body was attributed to nearby waste bins. The flat's windows did not allow direct sight to the inside. It was a noisy building, which it may explain why no one questioned the constant noise from the television, which remained turned on until she was discovered. Half of her rent was being automatically paid by benefit agencies, leading officials to believe that she was still alive. With over two years worth of unpaid rent totaling 2,400 pounds that had accrued, housing officials decided to repossess the property. Her corpse was discovered January 25th, 2006, when the bailiffs had forced entry into the flat, the television and heating were still running due to debt forgiveness and her bills being continually paid through automatic debit. Wow. So, yeah, she had some of it being paid, but then some of it was just discounted due to the domestic abuse program she was in. Mm -hmm. Wow. Way to take care of these people. Mm -hmm. Your time Um, again. The Metropolitan Housing Trust said that due to housing benefits covering the cost of rent for some period after Vincent's death, arrears had not been realized until much later. The trust also said that no concerns were raised by neighbors or visitors at any time during the two years between her death and the discovery of the body. Vincent's remains were too badly decomposed to conduct a full post-mortem. She had to be identified through dental records. Police ruled death by natural causes as there was nothing to suggest foul play. The front door was double locked 
and there was no sign of a break-in. At the time of her death, she had a boyfriend, but the police were unable to locate him. Her sisters had hired a private detective to look for her and contacted the Salvation Army, but these attempts proved unsuccessful. The detective found the house where Vincent was living, and the family wrote letters to her, receiving no response as she was already dead by this time. As a result, the family concluded that she deliberately had broken ties with them. What the? So they knew where she was. They just didn't even try to go see her. They just wrote her letters and that's it. Yeah. What the fuck? And where is the boyfriend? I mean, I don't Um, necessarily think it's foul play, but at the same time, get away with it for two fucking years and yeah. Yeah. What does it matter? Of course, she wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really think it's foul play, but it sucks that nobody took the time to find out what happened to her. Yeah. 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 The Glasgow Herald reported her friends noted her as someone who fled at signs of trouble, who walked out of jobs that she classed with a colleague, and who moved from one flat to the next all over London. She didn't answer the phone to her sister. It didn't appear to have her own circle of friends, instead relying on the company of relative strangers who came with the package of a new boyfriend, a colleague, or flatmate. So she was just kind of a wanderer. I mean, I guess I get it. But if they knew where she was supposed to be living, I don't know. In those two years, I just feel like that's a lot. Yeah. A film about Vincent. If we don't hear each other from each other within like, a couple of hours, we're like, hey, hey, where are you? Why aren't you answering my Facebook message? Yeah. I just I'm like, can't. are you dead? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a film about Vincent called Dreams of a Life, written and directed by Carol Morley with Zowie Ashton, not sure, playing Vincent, was released in 2011. Morley tracked down and interviewed people who had known Vincent. They described a beautiful, intelligent, socially active woman, upwardly mobile, and a high flyer whom they assumed was off somewhere having a better life than they were. During her life, she met figures such as Nelson Mandela, Ben E. King, Gil Scott Heron, and Betty Wright, spoke on the telephone with Isaac Hayes, and had also had dinner once with Stevie Wonder. Oh, so that's the lady that just married Tom Hiddleston. Or is having a baby with Tom Hiddleston or something? Yeah, we don't talk about They're engaged. That. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. So, so I I'm, pretending, yeah. I'm pretending She's she doesn't pretty. exist or the baby either. Anyway. <laughs> She's pretty. I don't care. That's my Tom okay, I've seen her in things. I don't know. Anyway. That's all. Nobody, nobody is allowed to have Tom Hiddleston. Damn it! Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any recommends this week? That's pretty much all we have. There's not much inform. There's no other real information because they don't really know the official cause of death due to what was left of her. But I just thought yeah. this was a super depressing story that needed to be told because yeah. it's that's me. Check on your um, loved ones, man. Just do it. Physically go to them. You hadn't heard from him. Now, we've even checked on our shitty dad before because we hadn't heard from him in a while. Yeah. Like, that when we were talking to him, rather, we went and we had a welfare check done on him because he had lost <clears throat> contact with everybody pretty much. Yep. Anyway. 
Yeah, I got no more recommends. I got I got nothing. Doom Patrol. I'm gonna say Doom Patrol because I had not really heard good or bad things about it, and my husband wanted to watch it, and I said, "Okay, whatever." It's got Brendan Fraser in it. <laughs> that was kind of my attitude going in. But if you like super like comic book stuff mixed with um just ridiculousness because it really is ridiculous like it's really super ridiculous but it's about people with powers and stuff you know i yeah. think it's good and it's got brendan fraser so yeah, yeah brendan fraser i'm missing some, some like bomb ass sounding fireworks outside so and s'mores yeah. apparently so I need to go. What? S'mores? Okay, well, have fun and enjoy some sports <laughs> without me. Sorry. Bye, y'all. Happy 4th, even though Happy this fourth. will be way after that. After, yeah. What? <laughs> Happy summer time. <laughs> Happy whatever when this come out comes out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>